I'm reading from Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 12. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. My friends, we're looking this evening at this one verse uh, from Ephesians chapter 12, a life uh, without God. And you'll notice in this verse that there are three withouts, in fact. Firstly, without Christ. Secondly, without hope, having no hope. And thirdly, without God in the world. The Apostle Paul, well, is describing the state of the Ephesians before they came to Christ. And is, is describing what their life was like without any contact with God without any relation with their Creator, without Christ, without hope, and without God. We could say that these phrases are somewhat synonymous, because to be without Christ is to also be without God, and to be without God is to be without any hope uh, in this life, and without any hope uh, for the next life. We come into this world in this way. We come into this world without Christ, without any possession of Him. But we don't want to leave this world in this way. We want to leave, use this world and use the time that God allots to us and gives to us to seek the Lord and to find Him so that when we, we come to leave in the world, when our turn comes uh, to say goodbye to this world, we may leave it in a peaceful way. We may leave it in an assured way, knowing that I have a Saviour knowing that I have Christ and I'm not afraid to enter into the next world. I have Christ. Oh, friends, we need, the, we need Christ. We need God in our life. To have Christ well, is the best thing one can have. There's nothing better in life to have than to have Christ in the heart and in our lives. So this is what we are going to talk about uh, this evening. We want to come at it and to... Uh, to try and show it to you from the, the, the viewpoint of a life without, and to use uh, negatives, in a sense, to try and show you uh, what, it's, what you're missing on if you haven't found the Lord, what kind of a, a life that you have, how to help you realize really how little a person possesses if he doesn't have Christ. The Bible does this sometimes. The Bible, when it's describing heaven, it tells, uh, tells us about heaven by the things which are not there, things you won't find in heaven. There's no sickness in heaven. There's no pain in heaven. There's no curse in heaven. There's no sorrow in heaven. And as we become more and more familiar with even these negatives, they, help, they give us a clearer picture of what heaven is like. And if we, we begin to understand it more or to use uh, an old analogy uh, or, or illustration uh, given by an old-time preacher. If I, if I wanted to uh, make you give some money, say, for a, a person in great need, I could tell you about the things that he doesn't have. I could tell you, well, this person, well, he has no heating in his home. This person, uh, he has uh, no, not enough food in his cupboard to feed him and his family uh, every day. He has no shoes for his feet. 
He has no friends really to help him. And as I elaborate on the, the things he, he doesn't have, maybe your sympathy will be drawn towards him. Maybe you put your hand in your pocket to give something towards helping uh, this poor friend. And so also as we look tonight at the person who doesn't have Christ in a negative way, you realize uh, how little actually he possesses. And maybe it will stir you and encourage you uh, to want uh, to have the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, firstly, uh, the person without Christ, the person without God is a person without peace. He has no peace uh, in, in his mind. A godless person, uh, he views all the things that happen in this world, all human affairs, all that goes on outside him, only through the, 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 the view, the, the lens of a, of human, uh, a human lens, only through the, the view of what a man can do. He goes no further than men. He goes no further than natural uh, causes. This person, well, he doesn't believe in God, or if he does believe in Him, he thinks maybe of Him as a God who is far away, a God who is not concerned uh, with the matters of, of time and what's happening in the world. He thinks he's a God who is disinterested in this world. Maybe he's created the world, but he's, he's leaving it and he's, he's unconcerned about it and he's not involved in an intricate and detailed way about what's happening. This person, he doesn't believe in a sovereign God, a God who governs all the affairs of this world and its life. He doesn't believe in a God who has a plan and who's working out this plan, who's executing this plan in real time now. He, he doesn't believe in a God who's all-powerful and who can do all things, and no one can stop him carrying out that plan that he has made. No one can prevent him. He's a God who holds all things in his hands. All people are in his hands. All the elements are in his hands. Everything is under his control. Everything is under his power. And what can man do? Man cannot overturn him. Man cannot prevent him from carrying out uh, this plan that he has. He is a God who can do anything. He can, he's a God who can put an end to wars. But the person without Christ, without God, doesn't believe that. Doesn't hold to that. And so when they hear uh, about things happening uh, around them in the world, it's Maybe they say it's just by chance, or maybe it's, it's, it's natural causes, that's why it's happened. That's, that's all it is. Or just men have brought about these things. So when a pandemic strikes the world, as it has, has done recently with COVID, and all of us are put into a panic, many people cannot handle it. Fear grips many. Fear grips this person. What will happen to me now? Because he cannot see beyond Oh, man, and for a long time we were there, there was no vaccination. For a long time we felt helpless. What are we going to do? Is there any end in sight to it? It seemed to be going on and on and on for a long period. Well, friends, the person who has no God would surely panic in such a situation. So many things are happening around us to make us fearful and panicky. Economic disaster, now they say, Fuel prices going up and up, and we couldn't do anything about it. Again, it's, it's not in our hands. It's outside of us. 
the person here, well, he has no God to call on, no God to trust in. All he can look to maybe is the, the politicians. And they look to the politicians to help them out of their problems and to help them in, uh, out of these difficulties. But they have such limited power. What can even the prime minister of our country do? Oh, maybe it's partly their fault. We expect a lot from them. We expect them sometimes to do miracles. And sometimes it's their own fault because they tell us they can do miracles. They promise us they can do so much, especially when you, if you listen to their conference speeches. It's as if they're promising you the world and people who, be, who uh, believe them think they can really help, but there's little that they can do. So many things are outside of their control, friends. Or when we look even at how many are now sweating and panicking over the situation in, the U in Ukraine. And many are so worried, even this week we're hearing about, will he, will he, or won't he press that nuclear button? And that people are worried about that and talking about that. Well, if you don't see God in control, this will be a concern, a deep concern for you. And you uh, will, if you fail to, uh, to, to realize uh, all things are in God's hands, not in man's hands. God can overrule. God will overrule uh, what, ha what people do. But if you don't see God behind all these things, then, friends, it surely uh, 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 affects our peace and causes much inner uh, turmoil. But the man who knows God, who has God, can see beyond men and beyond events and beyond the, ele the elements even. Oh, what about uh, global warming? How many today are panicking? Uh, the younger generation, it seems, have been stirred up, I think, to panic about global warming. We must save our planet. As it's all down to us, it's all in our own hands. It's not, friends. It's in God's hands what happens to this world. Yes, we do our part. Yes, we try and, and uh, preserve energy and so on. But uh, it's all in God's hands. And a person who knows this, who has God, has come to rest in the God who controls all things. And then secondly, a person without God, without Christ, well, they are, we could say, without peace. Now, we have to say, isn't it, life is hard in this world. There are many good things we enjoy, and we're thankful that we have uh, good things. Uh, we're surrounded sometimes with good things, but things do, do happen to us. We can't avoid trouble. We can't avoid problems in life. We can't avoid uh, difficulties. We can't avoid losses and, and uh, hardships in life. They seem to just uh, attach themselves, as it were, to each one of us, and it causes us uh, much anxiety and often spoils those things that we do enjoy. Sickness is common. Nowadays, permanent jobs are less common. They're a thing of the past, it seems. The cost of living again. Uh, so many of us are genuinely concerned about uh, the energy uh, in our homes. How are we going to, uh, shall we put on the central heating this winter? How long shall we put it on for? And we're getting all sorts of advice about that. Problems in the home, problems in, in love. We're finding difficulties in that, that those loving relationships that we have. Well, friends, all these things are causes such distress and anxiety. But if you don't have the Lord, 
but you must handle them sadly. You have to handle them on your own. You have no friend in heaven to call upon. You have no God in heaven to tell all these things to. You must manage them yourself. You're just dependent on your own resources. The believer, well, he's encouraged to call upon God. God himself says, cast all your cares upon me, for I care for you. And he can do that. He has a connection with God. He has that friend in heaven whom he can tell all things to. Nothing is too small for him. Nothing, all our needs, we can present before him. All our anxieties, we can tell him about, and we can find relief. We find a rest in him. And we can trust him, knowing that he will provide for us. That's the blessing of having the Lord on our side, having him in our possession. We have that connection with him so that we're not just dependent upon uh, our own uh, selves. And then something else, a person without God, well, he's without contentment. He has no real rest within him. He's troubled about many things, or rather, we should say, unhappy about many things. Maybe it might be his job. He's not doing as well as he wants to do in his company. His business is not going so well. His income is not as high as he wants to be. He complains maybe about his family. Or he's not happy with himself or his appearance. There's always something that he's discontented about. And he's, he's a materialistic person. He, he has no spiritual side of him. Things are, he can only relate to uh, life in this world. And so he must have possessions maybe to make him happy. He must be surrounded by the morcons of life. And when he sees other people having things and he doesn't have those things, but he's unhappy in, in, in himself. He's discontented with his life. It's rather like a company on the stock exchange. If a, a company has its shares on the stock exchange, well, if it's, there's good news forecast for the company, and profits are going up in the next quarter or whatever, uh, well, those share prices we know will go up. If bad news is forecast and losses are predicted and jobs are being laid off, well, those share prices, they, they plunge. And up and down uh, the market uh, goes. And this person without God, in a sense, is like that. They're dependent on circumstances. Thing, things go well for them and they're, ha they're happy. Things go down, things go against them, and then they plunge as well into sadness and misery. Well, discontentment, friends. Uh, a person without Christ is surely a discontented person. I speak from personal experience. Before I came to know Christ, I could say, well, I was a very discontented and miserable person. Uh, I, there, were, there were things, so many things, that I was unhappy about before I knew Him. But it wasn't long after I found Christ that I realized, oh, that discontentment has gone. Because now I found a Him who is the best thing to have. I found salvation in Christ. I know where I'm going. I found a place in heaven. What could be better than that? My sins are all forgiven. I found that all in Christ. And though we do not have every, all the, the things in life that one wanted, it didn't really matter anymore because I had the best I could have 
belonging to Christ, knowing that he was mine, and knowing that I was his. Well, that, that's the greatest blessing to have. A life without God, friends, is also one without higher knowledge. Oh, we're so limited. The person who, who, is, who, who chooses to live a life on their own, and it is a choice to live a life without God, well, then you can only know so much as man knows. The limit of your knowledge is what man has discovered and the advances that he has made in life. And it's true, he's made a lot of advances and he's come to know a lot of things about the world and the things that are in it. But that's it. That's the extent of your, your knowledge. That's as far as it can go. It can't go any higher. Oh, to, to know more, you don't know the, about God, you don't know what He is like. When you look back at the past, well, you can't really make sense of it. It's all just a mishmash of events that have happened in the past. There's no order to it. You cannot see any thread running through it. And then talk about the future. Oh, you have no idea what's going to happen in the future. But the believer knows. The person who has come to know God has been given understanding about life, has been given the knowledge about what's happened in the past and what's going to happen in the future and why those things happened in the past and what, what God is going to do in the coming days or the coming years, not the specific times, but events that we can look forward to as His people. These things are revealed to us uh, in the Scriptures. We have the Bible. He receives the Bible as God's revelation, that word from another world to our world to teach us those things that cannot be found out by man uh, investigating and looking into uh, these things. Why are there such problems between human beings? Why do such problems exist in, in human relationships? Where did death come from? Why is there death uh, in the world? These things, friends, this understanding is given and so much more to those who know God and who trust in Him. And then we have to say a life without God is one really without freedom. It's without true freedom. It's really to live a slave's life. Paul touched on this really in chapter 2, verse 2, where he talked about, again, in time past, this is how you walk before you came to Christ according to the course of this world. And then in verse 3, among whom also we all had our conversation in times past, in the lusts of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. Before a person uh, comes to Christ, they are really without freedom. They are the slaves to their own desires. People think, I'm free. I'm free and no one is telling me what to do. No one is dictating to me my life. But actually, the Bible says we are, we are under some, something else, somebody else's control, or not somebody else's, but the desires. We are under slaves to the, our own sinful desires. These are the things really that control us. These are the things that are behind our wills. This is what make, drives us into, to seek and to do the things that we do. It's our desires, friends, that shape us. It's our desires that are forming our characters. And these, uh, uh, these things which are in us, 
is what, uh, what controls us. It may be, and if you see it today for many, sexual desire. People are controlled by uh, this particular desire. This is the dominant force and the driving force, it seems, in their lives. Some people are dominated by selfish ambition. This is what controls them. I read of a man who, before he came to Christ, uh, he, he, was, uh, he, he had the desire to enter into debates and to be uh, uh, seen as uh, a, a, an eloquent speaker and be seen as, as the winner in those debates. And this was the driving force in his life. This is what kept him going. This is what, what he wanted to achieve in life, to be a good and a successful debater. It can be anything. But so, so many th- times, this is what shapes our lives. Some people are, are subject to entertainment, and they are so addicted to movies or some computer games or some other thing. They cannot break free from it. And this is what shapes their character. I must be, find pleasure. I must uh, be, uh, uh, find pleasure in what I'm doing, and I must have as much time as I can for pleasure. For, other, for, for others, well, it may be anger or envy or pride, all sorts of desires within us that, may, that will dominate our lives. Without God, friends, we're helpless against these. We're helpless against these. Well, we may try meditation. Some people try mantras to overcome these desires, but they don't help. They're not powerful enough. What we need is a new nature. What we need is God's power in our life. What we need is, is God's help in our life. This is the only way uh, to overcome those sinful desires within us to know a changed heart and a changed life. And this is what God uh, gives to those who have Christ. But then also, uh, just a couple more things. uh, The person without Christ, well, they have no hope. It's a life without hope. Now, when the Bible uses the word hope, it's different to the way we use it. When we use the word hope, we say, I wish, I hope. I'm hoping that something is going to happen. We, we're not sure if it's going to happen. But when the Bible uses the word hope, it speaks of it as a certainty, something which is definite, and it especially has reference to heaven. And so a person who, who knows Christ, it, it says, is a person who has hope, but a person who hasn't got God, as we read, uh, is a person without hope. They have no certainty that they are going to heaven. They have no assurance in their their hearts that when they die, when they leave this world, where they are going, what's going to happen to them, whether God will accept them or not. They don't know these things. But a person who has the Lord in their heart, who knows Him as their Savior, well, they are sure. Christ said, He gives unto them eternal life and they shall never perish. And they know it. The Holy Spirit comes alongside them, gives them that assurance in them, and they feel and know that when they leave this life for sure, they will go to be with the Lord forever. Not because they are anything, not because they are good and wonderful people, they know they're not, but because they have Christ. 
have him. That's the, he's in their possession. This is the possession that we need, friends. And this is the hope that we also need. And then lastly, we need the person without Christ, without God, is a person without forgiveness. They're a person still in their sins. A person who still has a, a trail, a lifetime of sins behind them. And all, each and every one of those sins are against the Holy God. And each one of those sins are unforgiven sins. And a person without God has said, well, I'm not going to seek God's forgiveness. And they carry with, with them that guilty conscience day after day after day with them. There is no peace really with, between them and God. Oh, friends, our greatest need in life is forgiveness from our Creator and our God. He made us. He is a holy God. And we have offended Him. We have sinned against Him. And our greatest need is to come and humble ourselves before Him and ask for forgiveness. I deserve to be punished for those sins. But my sins have also separated me from Him. The rift needs to be healed between God and me. How can it be healed? Where can I find peace between God and myself? In Christ. Only in Christ. How can I be reconciled again to Him? How can I be accepted before Him? How can I stand before Him on the day of judgment and be pardoned and be forgiven? Only in Christ. Only in Christ. Without Christ I stand condemned. Without Christ, I'm still guilty on that day. Without Christ, I'll be separated from Him forever on that day, sent into everlasting punishment. But with Christ, I'm welcomed by God and welcomed into heaven. Oh, friends, this is why we so desperately need a Christ. He alone has made a way for forgiveness. Christ came into this world and suffered and died as a human being. He took upon Himself the God-man. He took upon Himself the sins of all who will trust in Him. And if you trust in Him today, you will also obtain pardon and forgiveness. Christ's sacrifice, friends, is the only way to find acceptance with God. There is no other way. All other ways are rejected. God only looks upon what Christ has done upon the cross and that, that atoning sacrifice that He made. And that alone is what He accepts. And all those who come to Him by Christ and through faith in Jesus Christ. Oh, what can we say? Christ, friends, is our greatest need. This is all I want to say to you tonight. This is all I hope I can leave you with that, and to try and persuade you, uh, to show you we need to have the Lord in our life. We need God in our life. We need to have His forgiveness and we need to have His salvation. We need Christ. Nothing else will do. Well, may the Lord bless us and lead us to Him. Let's uh, join in prayer together. O oh God, our gracious Heavenly Father, come and draw us once again, we ask, to the Saviour. Come and, O oh Lord, 
deliver us from that spiritual poverty where we have not grace and we have not hope and we have not connection with Thee and we have not life, eternal life. Deliver us from these things. Come and enrich our lives with Thyself and with Thy grace and with the Saviour. May He be ours and may we belong to Him. We pray in our Saviour's name. Amen. Let's uh, sing together our final hymn, 377, I Need Thee Every Hour, 377.